0: awareness. spirits and ancestors and ghosts in general have always been a part of my life.
1: It was like doing a marathon, doing the film like that. I said, You're the only thing you cow. to You're not running <laughs> We're constantly getting um, the things for each other.
0: And no one's going to remember the name of the so better do it now. Okay, we saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. And this is rough, it is indeed.
1: I couldn't not tell stories. I felt adequately prepared and also so much terrified. <laughs> i have explored what I what I need to explore. You wouldn't know if you were. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Cinema Australia podcast. Uh, my name's Matthew Eales. Uh, In this episode, I'm speaking with actor, writer and producer Dame Hill. Uh, Dame has written a new Australian film called Porno, that's P-A-W-N-O. It's a character-driven ensemble film set in the diverse and multicultural suburb of Footscray in Melbourne. Uh, It revolves around one day in the lives of 12 characters and is set at a Porn Brokers owned by Les. Uh, Les is played by John Brumpton. Uh, It's a multi-layered story that celebrates the rawness of humanity and challenges audiences to see the world from a different view. Along with Dame himself and Brompton, the film also stars Maeve Dermody, Mal Kennard, Mark Cole Smith, Kerry Armstrong and a plethora of local talent. Uh, I've been lucky enough to see the film three times now and it gets better with each viewing. Porno is easily the best Australian film so far this year and it truly is nothing less than perfect. Uh, The film comes out on April 21 and I urge everyone to go and see it Uh, but if you miss it in cinemas then keep an eye on cinemaaustralia.com.au for a home release date. Uh, Anyway, enjoy. So I'll get you to tell us a bit about uh, Porno and and the film's plot for our listeners and uh, readers who aren't too sure about it.
0: It's a, a film set all in the course of one day in um, Footscray, which is a pretty, it's an inner city, culturally diverse suburb of Melbourne. Um, it's got a lot of eclectic kind of characters that's starting to get new money and um, sort of hipsters and people that can't afford St Kilda <laughs> moving here. And But it's also got, it's a beautiful kind of part of Melbourne. It's got a lot of services which are unique to Footscray, be it you know, legal, um, uh, medical, you know, that sort of thing, language services, things like that. So it's a real melting pot. And the film's, uh, the heart, I guess, of the piece is a pawnbroker's run by Les Underwood and he works with his little mate Danny. And throughout the day, different characters come in and, you know, they, they sort of spill into the street, a lot of the stories, and underneath it, throughout the thing is a um a pretty simple sort of love story you know a guy wants a girl he may or may not get it by the end of it and um
1: yeah i mean it's a friday so it's a pretty busy day a lot of stuff happens for one day yeah but yeah and um uh, so the the film's based around uh, 12 characters right and uh, it's it's kind of a it's already drawing uh, comparisons to other character films like uh, Magnolia, for example. Is is that something that sits well with uh, with you? Uh, yeah, I
0: don't really remember Magnolia. I do. I remember the raining frogs and <laughs> they
1: all do a montage to an Amy Mann song. Yeah, that's they,
0: right. They they best out in that, but um, I did like it. It's cool. Yeah. I like those sort of films that um you have to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I guess. Look, it was pretty much cut to the script, but the time sequence within it—you um, know—it's slightly non-structured in that way. That uh, I guess it is chronological, but um, yeah, you know, you, you could you could cut it in a totally different way, as was suggested by somebody at one point, and slightly more linear in story. And then I guess you've got television in that way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. So um, uh, uh, what, what's the what's um what's your love affair with uh, with Footscray and and you know what's the significance of that uh, suburb to you?
0: Uh, well, personally, my mum grew up
1: there. Right. I've
0: got a football team called the Western Bulldogs. Yep. which I'm a massive
1: uh, fan of. You're a massive fan of.
0: I'm massive. Yep.
1: Geez, yep. you'd be a happy man. Well,
0: not after yesterday. Well,
1: they they still put I in a hell of an been, effort.
0: But yeah, they they did and. I think Robert Murphy broke his leg in the last um, 30 seconds, yeah. and it's probably career over. But no, I've buried for them when I was uh, since I was a kid, which is, you know, I didn't grow up there, and we, we lived on the other side of town, but I was the only little kid running around in a Footscray jumper, <laughs> and um, I live here now, so I've moved back over this side of town. I live around the corner in the nice part. Right, okay. Um, yeah.
1: So do you find yourself, uh, you know, constantly uh, observing the locals and is that how you got the inspiration for your characters? Oh, not really. I think it's just um, people, like, in general. Mm. Uh,
0: The pawn shop actual idea came from um, a different side of Melbourne. uh, Where I was studying acting, there was a pawn shop um, in Collingwood and I just kind of went, oh, yeah. And and the guy was, I guess, had Les kind of attributes. He also had Staffy. And yeah, so that sort of thing, it's, it's just a beautiful vehicle for people coming in and out of. And over here, the ones there in Footscray and I guess all over, you know, they um particularly in lower socioeconomic areas, they, they do act as somewhat of a bank as a community service to a degree. Okay. Um, you know, they have regular customers bringing in stuff that's probably getting loans on it that it's probably not quite what it's worth <laughs> or, um, you know, but, but they just, do it every fortnight or every month and just to get by yeah. and get through. Yeah. And then, um, you know, other people come in trying to buy the wedding ring or whatever, I guess. So um, and some of the other characters in it, the harsher character, for example, you know, he's sort of based on just because I'm an actor, that means I'm a dishwasher or was. So um, I was just washing dishes at a restaurant with a whole group of Indian and Sri Lankan guys. And uh, yeah, I would sort of sulk and whinge about it. And then you know, work out that these guys actually, you know, what they they got paid a dollar fifty an hour less wow. than me, wow. which was kind of bizarre, and they probably worked twice as hard as me. <laughs> and um, then when I started, you know, they were very funny, beautiful guys. And when I started to get to know them more and you know, ask about their lives, they a lot of them had accounting degrees or. Um, Know, all sorts of qualifications, engineering, and and they were doing this, and then they'd work from this at another job, and and still send money back to India, and um, yeah, and then I was used to catch a lot of taxis, and there was one driver that really took my. You know, ear, and um, he was from Punjab and he was a dentist. So when I was writing it, I went, Oh, yeah, he could be a dentist. Wow. <laughs> you know, and he's driving a taxi here, he's yeah. cutting shit off um, racist Aussies or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, I just kind of, I don't know, I love that character. I think he's
1: the harsher, and Mark who plays him is beautiful in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, uh, being an actor. Uh, uh, what made you want to um, want to write write this script?
0: uh I couldn't get a job <laughs> i i created my own work. Actor. <laughs> um in, at VCA, at maybe two thousand and one two and three i I didn't finish i kind of um i didn't i don't know i was a bit it wasn't the funnest place to be um training as an actor and I think I was one of the only parents there at the time uh anyway I left it for like ten years and then I lived overseas and did all sorts of different things and then I came back, I I watched a play that some mates were in and kind of went, oh fuck, that's what I want to do, got the agent, got a few gigs and then I couldn't get work for a while, so um, I started a theatre company and did a play, a performance of a Ray Mooney um, play called
1: Every Night, Every Night, which is a film by Alkinos Simolitos. Right, yep. Beautiful film uh, with Dave Field, Bill Hunter, black and white film, all set in H
0: division. And uh, Johnny Brumpton did the original play, playing Chris Flannery. And in this version, um, because I produced it, uh, I gave myself the cool part. So um, (laughs) I played, and it's 20 years later. So I played um, Flannery and Brumpton, Paul Ireland, who directed Porno, and Tony Richards were actors in it and um, we just clicked and then it was around that time I started to write porno. Right. And a, a bit of it was inspired from every night in the sense that um, every night's one location. So when I met Al Kino, so I was asking about the film and he went, yeah, you know, that cuts, cuts a lot of costs down if you've got one location. So I thought, a porn shop. So originally I wrote it and it was a little bit theatrical porno. It was a lot more scenes set in the porn shop yeah. and a lot of dialogue. Yeah, Yeah. And it was almost um, coffee and cigarettes-ish, you know. Just right, banded. right. Yeah. yeah. And then took it to Paul and um, it, it's definitely had sort of a, an English feel, I guess. You know, I like Mike Lee and Ken Loach and those things. And Paul's a massive fan and he, he's beautiful with text and with film and, you know, really experienced. And he kind of went, yeah, I dig it. Um,
1: let's work on it together. And, uh, put his hand up to direct it. Great. So, so is yeah. that is that where you you and, you and Paul met? Was that on the on the in the uh, play, or, or was it uh, yeah, in the yeah? play? Yeah. yeah. Because you also did uh, an episode of uh, Rush together, Art right, on on TV. Nah, we
0: were, I've never worked with Paul other than um, in the play with Johnny. I have from that. Johnny and I did. That's where I met John. Ray Mooney put me in touch because I said, "Oh, I never saw." It, it, it actually goes back further than that. When I was fifteen. Uh, Ray Mooney had written, he's written a lot of beautiful plays, but um, Brumpton came to my high school in a one man show of a Ray Mooney play called The Dominator, and I was like fucking blown away, you know, because wow. I was a naughty little kid. Yeah. And um, I, I watched this play and went, oh, that's what I want to do. And I found out he went to BCA. And, um, yeah, it all gets a bit weird after this. But anyway, <laughs> I ended up going to BCA, ran into him one day in St Kilda, then 10 years later, did that, went over to his house. And I'm like, uh, his, his partner um, said, I know you. And she, she was a teacher at my high school, so it turns out. And so from that, Johnny really looked after me from the play because he gets offered a fair bit of, I don't know, short films and bits and pieces. And yeah. So we did one together and he, they'd offered it to him and they came and saw the play and they are these lovely um, young filmmakers and he went, yeah, I'll do it if Dame does it. So we did that. Then I did another one, which I just auditioned and he happened to be on. And then I did another play with him which was also an Elkinos film called Silent Partner wow. but originally a play and then I did Fell with him um, which same thing I just auditioned and
1: he'd already been cast and it had him and Sydney Brisbane and Sid was in the film version of Silent Partner so it all started to <laughs> Isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah, it's bizarre <laughs> and then I wrote the part obviously for John Yeah, yeah i because by then I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah because I think John's brilliant but, Oh yeah, it's great you know, he's just He's just an actor in the sense that, that that's his that's his thing. So he'll do small little roles, or he'll do you know he's done he's written his own film that's gone to Cannes and was nominated for AFI's and all that. And um, you know he, he's kind of um, yeah. Did you really,
1: see Did you see him in uh, Scare Campaign
0: recently? I haven't. I haven't <laughs> I auditioned for it. Didn't get it, so I'm dirty. On
1: it. Right, right. <laughs>
0: No, <laughs> well, no, no, no. no. Uh, he'll be amazing. It looks really cool. Yeah, it oh, it's so good. It's so good, and,
1: it it, yeah. so good. and uh, John is uh, quite funny in it as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. But no, no, it looks great.
1: Uh, did, so, did you have all all of these characters in mind uh, from the beginning of writing the script, or, or did some of them you know come into it as as it evolved?
0: I, I guess the Kate one evolved because I needed a lot of interest, and.
1: Holly. That's uh, uh, Kate, okay, right, That's,
0: yep. Yeah, Maeve, Maeve and uh, Naomi play Kate and Holly. So yep. um, those two sort of, I went, it's getting a bit blokey in the <laughs> shop. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Danny needed needed something. Like I guess some people think not a lot happens within the film and um, it, it more happens now than initially because I, I love that sort of stuff. I could I just like coffee and cigarettes sort of thing. But, um, you know, it did need some sort of, driving force in the film. Mm, so, mm. yeah, it is that story. Carlo and Paulie have been
1: around in my head forever. They're my bastardised um, version of Silent J and Bob, Bugger, Or Rosencrantz and too. You know, <laughs> you know they're, they're like a pairing. Yeah, know, yeah. Two, and... two beautiful people. And uh, they're played by Mel uh, Mel Cannard and uh, Mark Cole oh, Smith, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't know them. I'd met Mel once at, um, at Brumpton's
0: house, actually, at a barbecue. There, those two were mates, right? And but I'd never seen. I don't think I'd seen his work. Well, I had, I had when I was sixteen or seventeen. I saw a film called Joe's Jury with him and Noah Taylor, <laughs> um, which was about Jovie Peterson. Yeah. But um, apart from that, I hadn't seen him. But you know, I, as soon as he walked into the room, that was. Um, he was very cool. Yeah. And he and Mark knew each other. Right. They'd done a job. Yeah. So when we finally paired them up, because we went... Uh, Paul probably talked more about the audition process, but when they were paired up, it, it just worked. And um, and I I wrote uh, Paulie as an Indigenous character, so there were references in there going, um, you know, Dave Sands, Lionel Rose, Anthony Mundine, you know, about boxing. And, and then I kind of actually took it out and mm. went, I don't care, you know, just have the best actor. And so, but he was still going to say that stuff. Yeah. And then Carlo was going to go, you know, um, you're poorly, you're white or whatever. And he'll go, um, only on the outside brother. You know, so it's just one of those sort of guys that loves that identity of um, culture and boxing and and all that sort of stuff. And then Mark came in the room and I was like, wow, he was amazing. Yeah, he's such a great actor. Oh, he's beautiful and a, and a lovely guy. I mean, the, all of, we got lucky with all of our cast. are um, generous, you know, talented and uh, um, definitely took the script off the page and made it better.
1: Did, did I hear a story uh, uh, recently that uh, that the two of them got uh, some, some attention from the police during one of their scenes?
0: Um, yeah, I don't know if I was around that day. I think it was something to do with the car when they're trying to steal the car. Yeah, that's right. Which is actually my car in the film. Oh, you know? right. Yeah, there's yeah they they definitely had a
1: crack at it. Um, (laughs) And the cops thought it was real, did they?
0: Yeah, which is bizarre in Footscray because you know a million things go on that they turn a blind eye to. But um, (laughs) that day (laughs) on the middle of Buckley Street, yeah, I think they turned up and um, uh, yeah, it's it's a hectic place to film because there's people live their lives down there doing what they do, so you bring Mm -hmm. out a camera and um, you know. Certainly not like walking around St Kilda where people think, "Oh, that's cute." Um,
1: so so yeah. you didn't uh, close off any of the streets or anything like that. It was all just no, uh, you no, know. We yeah. didn't
0: have that kind of budget. Yeah, we got all of our uh, safety report done, and we had all the right permits, and um, yeah, people were people were amazing shopkeepers and stuff like that. Because after day after day, you start to wheel down the street. We're a pretty small crew though, like um, you know, we just had three or four on his crew, the DP, and then he got just sort of one makeup continuity and just probably a crew of, like, ten. Yeah, yeah, And only the cast needed, and, um, yeah.
1: I guess everyone's got cameras out nowadays, don't they? So people are just used
0: to it, really. Totally. Everything's yeah, the, being the filmed. The biggest thing is you just get some dickhead walk in front of the camera, <laughs> you know? Um, Hi, Mum! Yeah, 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 exactly. Or <laughs> just start, um... I don't know, there seems to be a lot of uh, impromptu hip-hop down there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the right. So, yeah, yeah.
1: But, no, overall, people were amazing. That's great. Uh, so, so you know, we've spoken about some of the actors, and there's some incredibly talented actors, uh, but, but one of the, uh, you know, arguably the highest profile is, is Kerry Armstrong, who plays Jennifer. Uh, yes. did, 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 did it take much uh, convincing to get Kerry on board? Uh, Paul will probably
0: tell you more about that one. Right. Um, I met Kerry... Actually, I met her at a play with a friend of mine and uh, (laughs) uh, who's also an actor and I kind of thought, oh, she could be good and Paul thought Kerry could be good and I think we might have had separate conversations. And um, I said, oh, I think this other lady could be interested and he went, I think Kerry is. And I went, oh, my God, yeah, she's amazing. I had seen her work. And uh, then I was doing this acting Larry Moss class and which is, I don't know, an American teacher. And Paul had always liked Maeve. And Kerry was involved in this sort of um, class. And Maeve was doing the class as well. So Paul was overseas. And I went, oh man, guess who's here? Maeve. And he's like, oh, I'll give you the script. And wow. it was a bit, I, don't know, I didn't want to do it right then. So <laughs> I emailed her. And she kind of went, yes, yeah, spoke to Kerry around that time. But it was definitely Paul. that, um. Oh, and probably the brilliant writing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was him that sold it. And she's amazing. She's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah so just thinking about it, you don't—you actually don't have any scenes with her, do you? With Kerry? I'm,
0: I'm in one. Oh, yeah. I'm in it. I just walk in with a, a slip or something from the office. Right. From, okay. And we have, we share a look. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll count that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's oh, uh, so she's, she's got a fantastic screen presence. That's for sure
0: she's amazing and she was really beautiful about the text and um because uh we had certain you know a lot of sort of personal conversations about that character mm. and where it had come from and she was um yeah she, she was she was she was so good so it was mal too actually like in hindsight looking at it mal and i would spend a lot of time on the phone talking about a line or two and um yeah which i think is beautiful because his performance comes across as so natural but it, yeah. it's um uh, you know, he puts so much uh, technique and, and heart
1: into it. Yeah, uh, one one of the uh, one of the most beautiful and surreal moments in the film is the young girl who sings the cover of uh, Vance Joy's "Riptide." Yeah. Can you tell us about her?
0: Uh, she is Tony Rickards, who plays Harry. Yeah. That's his daughter. Right. Yeah. So she sang that song at a Christmas party of Tony's that Paul and I were at, but. <laughs> Paul. Before every night, the play where I met Paul, I think that's how Paul got involved. Is um, he's a mate of Tony's. Yeah. They'd done a TV show or something. So, Tony came through. Bastoni and then came Paul, and then but it was Paul and I that struck up probably you know a a friendship, and then obviously made this. But he and so he would have heard Cece sing before, but I heard her that night, and then you know she's amazing, and Paul went. It had had an idea of putting her in the film, and um, yeah, and we filmed it all, and we thought what we'll do is put it, you know, it's very heightened, and it's sort of, again, a non-linear sort of uh, thing, but I love it, and then we had to worry about buying the rights to the song afterwards. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, we,
1: we, but it all worked out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she definitely brings a, a different element to the film anyway. Um, oh, definitely.
0: She's she's gorgeous. And, um, you know, her amongst that stuff, it, it was. Um, and she made a few dollars both days that she was filming. so that's Oh, lovely. good.
1: Good. But yeah. like yeah. busking? Busking, skull? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, so they came and you know she kept
1: the money, which was cool. Great. <laughs> yep. Um. So in August last year, the film was nominated for the hundred thousand dollar Cinefesto's film prize. Uh, did did that nomination come as a surprise to you both?
0: No, we were robbed. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, um, no, it's a welcome surprise, absolutely. Because I'd heard about the festival through another friend and, um, yeah, and people,
1: like, it was an amazing, beautiful, beautiful time. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, they put on a good show. Oh, they're the best, you know. They really cared about the film and it, it, through other
0: conversations when I was over there, they just kind of, you know, they really liked the film, which yeah. uh, it wasn't about. Uh, budgets and who had the you know best known stars for oh, yeah. whatever people call those things and um <laughs> yeah it was really like they just they 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 were into it
1: yeah uh, I mean the the prize did go to a fantastic film which was Puri uh, Parry and the Rainmakers but I tell you what I I was definitely sitting there rooting for you guys I thought it was the best of the fest so oh uh, cool
0: a- <laughs> thanks man no I love those guys I love Puri and Nicole and um. You know, I think that was one of the highlights for me was hanging out with those guys because um, I'm pretty quiet as well, particularly around those, you know, loud events yeah, and yeah. Uh, those boys were, were um, equally quiet Yeah. And, and they're just amazing. Like Beth, my girlfriend, and I hung out and just smoked cigarettes with them and, <laughs> you know, really got an insight into their film and I went, it's, it's just a bizarre thing to actually have a competition. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah, you know, but yeah. when you hear those guys and you see them, you're like, "Man, you know, I just made this stuff up." Whereas that—that's their life. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. That's yeah, right. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Beautiful guys. Yeah, yeah, they were really nice guys. Um, so what's what's next for you? Um, um you know, are you de- developing anything else, or develop anything with Paul?
0: Yeah, yeah, Paul and I've got a project we're developing, and we've got a meeting about on Wednesday. We'll see. So it's a thing we're writing together called uh, Allergy. It's about a couple that are allergic to each other.
1: Wow! Is this a is this a feature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a Michael Gondry
0: ish, you know. It, it's beautiful. It's a love story. It's sort of a um, uh, yeah, and then they have to live their lives divided by glass. You know? wow. so, so if they touch, they kind of die. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Anyway. You've just made my absolute day. That's the best news I've had today. <laughs> it's only yeah, early it's morning. it's
0: cool. I reckon it's, it's a cool one. And then I'm writing an adaption of Measure for Measure. I'm a Shakespeare play, but I'm setting it in the commission flats with amphetamines and tracksuits. And, um, yeah, it'll it's cool. I reckon it'll be cool. Okay. I don't know if it'll ever get made, that one, because... I don't know. Sell some <laughs> amphetamines to make it. Um, yeah. Good on you. Hey,
1: you know what? You're the uh, you're the second Australian filmmaker that I've spoken to within about five days who has said that they probably need to sell drugs to make their next film. <laughs> 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 which uh, which kind of leads me into the next question, really, and uh, it is the final question. But uh, uh, you know, as a as a young uh, local filmmaker, in your opinion, what's right and what's wrong with the Australian film industry today, and and, uh, you know, how do you think it compares to other film industries? I read Simon Stone's
0: um, answer to this one. Um, <laughs> who lives in Switzerland, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. yeah um, um, I would say, I don't, I don't know, there's something about that French model of um, them supporting people watching French films. Yeah. So... I would say, r- rather than the actual content, uh,
1: maybe they could stop making stupid biopics on TV. Oh God, they're the just worst!
0: Go, you know, give me a break. They're, <laughs> they're going to
1: make one about Alan Bond. I'm like, who would want to watch
0: that? Oh, anyway, um, probably get an audition for it. With all that due respect
1: great. to the film, to the makers of those things, they're just so cookie cutter. You know, it's yeah, yeah. terrible to watch.
0: Oh, totally, totally. So I guess that kind of, I mean. If it's an Australian thing and it's preserving identity, I'm like, you know, making things on Chappelle, Reinhardt, Bond. Mm. I just kind of go,
1: really? Mm. But um, uh, I don't
0: know. I, I think it would be more to do with, like, having some tax breaks, preserving our, our voice at least, even. Um, and, I, I, you know, I can understand some of what Simon was talking about, but still, it's our landscape or our, you know, the the... If it's like this, for example, is set, you know, very inner city. Yeah. And then you watch something like Last Cab, which I thought was kind of beautiful with Mm. Mark and that. And, um, you know, that, that's a certain, um, piece of Australia as well, but definitely supporting, I think the French have some sort of tax or incentive that rolls back into filmmakers. And there's a, they embrace the culture of filmmaking, whereas, um, Someone's probably going move to France then, it, But <laughs> I, uh, I I do think over here it's a bit like, oh, you do that, do you? Oh, yeah. And, and just the reliance or dependence on Screen Australia, your own certain funding bodies, yeah. and the repetition of funding, where I just, you know, I can, I won't name them, but there are certain filmmakers where I think they just make absolute crap. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. like, oh, they've got another two grants. I oh, no, oh, you know, I know. Um so frustrating. Maybe tax Star Wars. I think that's something similar to what they do over there is go Star Wars or Deadpool or whatever the big films are. Yeah. Um, go, all right, cool, that ticket's, you know, three bucks more and but put the three bucks back into Aussie films. I don't know, maybe that cheapens Australian films too. But um, pay me and Paul. <laughs> there you <go. laughs> or pay some, There is a new initiative Screen Oz, which is um, a wild card, where you know something like that because it's hard. I I totally get we didn't fit into any criteria, yeah, yeah, um, for funding. And I understand it, like personally, actually. Now I've got to, you know, meet Film Vicks and Screen Oz and those people, they're all quite lovely. Mm, And collective, mm. uh, I understand their point going if they open their doors to anyone, they're inundated with, Mm. I can make a movie, yeah, yeah. it, It is a bit of a club. The same as acting, the same as casting in this country, you know, you go, there's never a surprise when certain names
1: get attached to TV shows and oh I'm like, no. okay. Yeah, you yeah know, the same faces
0: over and over. Totally, and they're, they're good actors probably, there's probably just not that much work. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, it is a bit boring because mm. just like, uh, I watched one last year, there was a show, a car ad and another show coming up and it had the same guy in it. Three. <laughs> Himself. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he's all right. Better, yeah. He's better on the car ride. Right? Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, I love Mal as well, but uh, he was in three films down at Cinefest, I think. Out of five, he was in three of them.
0: Yeah, he was in
1: Backtrack, was he? Yeah, Backtrack. And I'm sure he was in one of the others, but maybe oh, I'm not. Oh, was in Menkoff Method too. Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: So was I, so was Brompton, so was Rickard. <laughs> <laughs> I was unrecognisable. Oh, you
1: guys get around. I didn't think I said a line. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, Mel's, Mel's good, Mel, but Mel's gone through, he paid his dues, Mel. Was oh, going, yeah, definitely. You know, he had years yeah. of, um, not working, and then, you know, his, my was lovely, and, um, Uh, I think porno's his best work, though. Yeah. (laughs) So far, I'm sure. I'm sure whatever he's doing now is amazing. (laughs)